0: or download many more free sermons at graceunlimited.co.za or livinghopechurch.co.za Yeah, but I think like what Brother Allen was saying earlier, I think I'm better off because I mean at least I can move around and, you know, just move a little bit and just get this body warmed up from the pulpit here. Yeah, but yeah, sure. It's a very cold morning inside this hall, but we really are excited, uh, nevertheless, to be here, to be able to open God's word together, and I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me. We also would have this on the screen, Um, and we're going to read from Romans 12, Romans 12. We are busy right now, can you believe it? Today is literally the 11th week since we started with this series on the local church. We are going through this series and we are talking about why we love the local church. And we've been discussing different topics so far and again today we continue with that. And we're going to be looking at why we love the local church. We love the local church today because it's where we can use our God-given gifts. This is what we're going to be looking at here today. And I want us to read from Romans number 12. Our passage Is going to be verses 3 through 8. However, it's good for us to start reading from verse number 1 of chapter number 12. Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts, in his exhortation the one who contributes in generosity the one who leads with zeal the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness let us pray god what a privilege we have to approach you you is the king of the universe the almighty god What a privilege it is to come to you and approach you, knowing that you are our Father who loves us and cares for us. We thank you that you have given us, again, this wonderful time to be able to open your word. And Lord, what we desire right now to do is to listen to you. And so, Lord, we pray and ask that you would exalt this word And through this word, O God, you would speak to us and instruct our hearts that we may be changed by it. Our desire, Lord, is to honor you. Our desire is to see your name exalted. We want to follow you, and we want to use, O God, for all the means that you have given us. To serve you. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Why do we love the local church? We love the local church because it is where we can use our God given gifts to serve. Today we're going to be talking about serving and taking the initiative in the church. And as I said, our passage there that we're focusing on is Romans 3. Romans 12, starting from verse 3, going to verse number 8. My aim here today is only to encourage you to think about how we should use the gifts that we have. You will see as we move down through the text that is given. It's a general understanding throughout the Bible for believers. We have gifts. There's no doubt about that. And my aim today is only to encourage us to think about how we should serve using the gifts that we have. And to do this, we will look at three points from our text. Namely... That serving starts with changing how we see ourselves, And we'll see that in verse number three. Secondly, we will see that we are all gifted to serve the body. And not only so, but we are given different gifts by God's varying grace. And we'll see that in verse 6 also. For the kids, we love the kids. It's a great thing you had the story of Goosey. It's powerful. And you will remember that. Today, again, your word that you need to listen to, listen for this word and you count it. Gift. We're going to be listening for the word gift. I know kids love gifts. So maybe if you listen to Many words, you might just get a gift when you get home, you know, from your parents. So listen very, very carefully. So starting with our first point, saving starts with changing how we see ourselves. In verse 3 then, Paul begins by citing the grace of his apostleship that he received from God. The appeal in verse 1 was strong. When you look at what Paul is saying then, verse 3, You compare it to what he says in verse number 1 of the same chapter. He made a serious appeal in verse number 1. A strong appeal. But when he made the appeal in verse 1, he did not really need to make or cite the grace that he had of his apostleship. He did not say, because I'm 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 an apostle, I appeal to you. But when we get to verse number 3, Paul appeals and he cites his apostleship. And Paul, when we look at this verse here, you might be asking, why was it necessary for Paul to at least here cite this grace that he had? Paul here mentions the grace that he himself has received. For he was the apostle. It was the authority that he had that he was writing to the Romans. He was not just any man, but he was the apostle of Christ. But you're like, yeah, was it necessary for him to say that? Not necessarily, but he did put it here. And he does this to introduce the topic that he was to discuss with the recipients in this passage here. Paul says, no one should think highly of himself more than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. This was Paul's way of cushioning the believers in Rome against having pride because he knows how dangerous pride is. The rightful thing to do for those believers when Paul said something like this would have been to examine themselves. But when we sit and we look at this passage you're like Paul you're saying we should not think highly of ourselves. Is it because we are thinking highly of ourselves? That's why they could have actually just gone and just checked themselves. And we do not know exactly that this was their problem. We cannot say, hey, this was their problem. But he seems to be cautioning them. As he actually just talks about how practical as believers they should be living. He just questions them. And he brings their attention, points their attention to an attitude that they as believers are supposed to have. How we view ourselves matters when it comes to saving and using our gifts. When a person thinks too highly of himself, then you know that that there's something wrong with that person. Because this is a person who thinks he is better. This is a person who thinks... He deserves better. A person like that may look at what God has given him and say, yeah, I deserve this. When he compares himself with others, a person like that says, yeah, actually I am actually the better one. And and as a result of such a view, a person like that is arrogant and puts himself first. And when we put ourselves first, when it comes to doing anything, then you know that there cannot be any true service that is honoring to God. Everything becomes about ourselves. Everything becomes about our gifts and not necessarily about God. We can also add here that Paul, as he cautions them to say, you're not supposed to think too highly of yourself. We can also add there that not only are we not to think highly of ourselves, but we are also not to think too low of ourselves. A person who thinks too low of himself is not necessarily a humble person. This is a person who looks down on himself, mostly in a pitiful way, thinking, I'm worthless. This is usually from a lack of appreciation and discontentment for what one has. Because, hey, I believe I deserve better. I just think I am just bad, I'm worth nothing, worthless for nothing. Because I actually think I deserve better. I'm not happy with what I have. And when you look at a person like that, what you can trace still with that is that they think highly of themselves. There is traces of pride even in that. What Paul calls for in verse number 3 is how believers with transformed and renewed minds should view themselves. In verse number 2 above, Paul just commanded the Romans not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewal of their minds. Basically, as believers, we are not to view ourselves the way we used to before we came to salvation. We used to compare ourselves with others. And we thought we were the center of everything. And doing that only just inflated our pride. But Paul says that should be a thing of the past for a believer. Instead, we should view ourselves in a new way. That is with sober judgment. According to the measure of faith that God assigned to us. As a believer, one way our minds are transformed and renewed is by how we learn to accurately view ourselves that is what it means to have a sober judgment we view ourselves with honesty and with a clear mind we are no longer to view ourselves by comparing ourselves with others or examine ourselves by our own standards Because we do that, guess what that will breed? Pride. Instead, Paul calls us to something else here. Instead, he says, we should view ourselves according to the measure that God has assigned to each one of us. And that is the measure of faith. And you're like, "What, what, what do you mean? Not only did God give gifts to believers. But he also gave us enablement to use those gifts. This faith here is the varying capacity to use our spiritual gifts. Not only did God say you have a gift, but God has given us the capacity to be able to utilize those gifts the way he wants us to use the gifts. The faith that we see here, spoken of in verse 3, does not refer to saving faith. Because there is no distinction there. When you talk about saving faith, we are all saved by faith. That's it, no distinction. No one was saved by a higher faith than another. But we know we are not all gifted, according, uh, gifted the same way. We are gifted according to how God has seen it fit. According to his grace. According to his plan. According to his purpose for the church. This is what we must measure ourselves with. The faith that God has given us, the abilities that God has actually just given us to use the gifts that we have. Our faithfulness is what counts. We do not go and measure ourselves by how we, we, we fare when we compare with everyone else. We look at ourselves and we understand that God has given us what we have. God has given us everything that we have. And I do not stand and I compare myself with anyone because only that will be, be, breed pride from me. What I must do is I need to actually assess myself aright. Yes, I understand I have all these things. Am I faithful with what God has given me? It is not about how gifted I am. It is not about how good you are as a person and how much grace God has given to you. The question is, are you faithful in using what God has given you to serve? So we see here in verse number three, when we talk about serving, that if we will use our gift to serve the church, we must develop an accurate view of ourselves. How do we do this? We start by accepting the gifts that God has given us by His grace. And as we accept the gifts that God has given us, we rely on Him because He's the one who enables us to be able to use them. We need to be honest and accurate when we consider what we can do and what we can't do. Because sometimes we go overboard and we can go overboard by actually desiring something that I know it's actually not made for me. And sometimes with what is made for me, I might stretch it so much that I want to look so great just because I am actually given this and the others are not given that. Whatever that we do with what we have, we need to assess ourselves aright. It is only God who will make us fruitful. It is only God who will make us effective and not ourselves. It is not about the gift itself, but it's about the God that we serve and actually looking at ourselves and understanding ourselves, viewing ourselves from that. And you may be sitting here and you're like, but I don't have a gift. I don't have a spiritual gift. This is not for me. It cannot be me. You're saying, hey, I need to actually, you know, look at myself and have a new way of how I look at myself. I must not be prideful. This is not for me. That's why that should not concern me. No. This message is for all of us. If you are a believer... This is for you. And if you are a believer and you are sitting here, I am talking to you. And this leads us to the second point. We are all gifted to serve the body. If you are a believer here today, you are gifted to serve the body. God has given you a spiritual gift to serve the body when you were saved you did not just come in and god just you know brings you in and doesn't actually give you anything but it's a god who is kind a god who is gracious and a god who loves just to give good gifts to his children and he actually equips us with abilities to be able to function within his church and he has done that with every believer in Ephesians 2 verse 10 we are reminded that it is by the redemptive work of Christ that we are what we are that we were not our own no more we have been saved and we belong to God and not only that we belong to god we brought in because there is work good works prepared for us in advance for us to do god did not just prepare work for us to do as he calls us in but he has equipped each one of us to be able to be effective in accomplishing what he has said for us to do he has equipped each one of us with the necessary gift To do what he wants us to do. God did not save you to be a lone believer. But to play a part in his church. And this is why we love the local church. This is where we get to serve. By using our gifts. Starting there in Romans 12 verse 4. Paul uses the picture of the human body. To explain how the church functions. And how believers feed in it? When, as we understand the human body, it is not made of one part, but of many parts: the eye for sight, the ear for hearing, the teeth for chewing, feet for for walking, and many other parts. Each part of the body has a role to play. The eye does not have Two functions, one for the eye and one for the ear. The eye does not have what the ear has, nor the teeth have what the feet has. But each part of the body is given a specific function that cannot be done by another. And all parts are dependent on each other for the well-being of the body. The eye cannot say, I have no need for the ear not the teeth for the feet. On the contrary, the parts of the body are so dependent on one another such that if one part is sick or is not well, the whole body literally goes into a sick mode. The body is only well. The body is only healthy when all parts are present and working well. What we see with the human body is that each part does not exist for itself, but for the whole body. And this is how it is with the church of Christ. The church is not only likened to the body, but it is called the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27, Paul says to the Corinthians there, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. The church is the body of Christ that is localized in different areas into local churches. And we are one of that. Each believer is gifted to serve the body in a particular way. Yet all members are dependent on one another. We are all dependent on one another. And that is what Paul means here in Romans 5 when he says by believers being individually members one of another. I'm sure you will agree with me that there is not one part of the body that we can say does not have a function. If you look at yourself you know your body very well. Pick one part and you say this part, I actually do not know if we, I need it. I can chop it off and I think I'll still be complete. There isn't a path that you can chop off. God has given us everything we need to function the way he wanted to function. It's not because of how I think I should be functioning but it's based on the designer, the creator, the one who made me which is God. He is the one who decides because he knows what he wanted to accomplish in creating and making me or making you and making us the way we are with our bodies. So it is with the church and every member that he brings within the church. There is not one person that God would save and he brings into the church that can say, I am just here for fun. God does not need me. I am just here just to hang out. You guys don't need me. I mean, Bobby just spoke about that even in giving his testimony. We need each other. Because we have been given to each other like that by God. By his design. By his wisdom. And he has gifted us, each one of us, differently. So that we can come together and work the way we are supposed to work. So, you cannot say, I do not have a gift and I have no role to play in the church. You may be coming, you may have have been coming to church all your life, or maybe you just recently started coming and you're saying, I am a believer. But I am happy to just come in on a a Sunday and I go home. I'm going to come in again and I'm going to go home. Anything else that happens in the church, not my business. I have no role. You're like, really? Pause. That is not what the Bible says. That is not what God has planned to do with the church because God works through his church and he works through these people that are within the church their body does not function 100% without you taking part or taking your role it loses its function and the function that it loses is not a small function if you were to cut off my one hand I might still be able to function in some other way The right hand, if it remains and you cut off the left, it's great. I can still seem to do other things. But a great deal of function has been taken away and there will be issues, for sure. Might still look like everything is all okay, great. But there will definitely be those struggles because that is not how God had said, this is how you're going to function. So we need to think about that. Because God has given us our gifts Each one of us We have Those gifts But someone might still Sitting there like objecting And like whoa But I don't have a gift I mean I have searched I have been searching I checked everywhere Do I look like I'm a guy who is gifted Look at me I will ask you again if you say you don't have a gift have you paused and honestly asked yourself what gifts you have? Like literally ever in your life as you come to the church have you paused to just check how has God equipped me? If you have never thought of that think about it Or you might say, I have done that, but I think I'm not getting the answer. The second question I would like to ask you is, if you've been coming to church and you've been part of church, have you tried asking others in the church to help you discover your gifts? Were you saying, I'm failing, I can't look at myself, it's difficult, great. But saying, hey, look at me, when you look at me, what do you think are my gifts what do you think god has actually equipped me what do you think i'm actually just good at what do you think how do you think i can actually serve knowing me having seen me in this church and if you have done that and you still did not get the answer you're like nope i've done that i failed together we have failed What do we do let me ask you again okay have you tried availing yourself just to serve in any of the gaps that you hear of in the church well like, i don't know what well, i'm gifted it's fine but whenever they say there is a saving opportunity on this side do you just jump in have you ever tried doing that where they're saying there is an opportunity here for this ministry where you're saying i don't know but since there is an opportunity and I don't know what I'm gifted in, I'm just going to walk in. Maybe you should try that because you might discover where you fit. Sometimes we find out our gifts simply by serving and serving and filling the gap and just serving and going out there. And God sometimes is able to use that to at least guide you and help you find your feet. And the question basically is Are you open to taking that step? Are you open to taking that initiative? To saying, I might not know, but I'm going to just be out there. I'm going to go out and I'm going to just avail myself. And I'm going to serve in whatever way I'm going to serve. Do not wait and sit down and wait to be approached and be shaken. Do not wait and say, if they don't come to me, I'm not going to go out to anyone. Because it's easy to do that. It's easy to come in, I walk into church, the music is nice, everyone is playing, the chairs are set, kids are outside, there is no noise in here, the service is just running. This is how I love it. I can just enjoy my service and go home. They serve me. I love this church. I actually am a member of that church. I actually don't do anything. I just want to sit and enjoy everyone saving me. They're like, is, is that how God wants you to be? Is that what God wants for us? No. No. God has given us to one another to work as the body to help one another, to serve each other, to build each other up, and to enjoy seeing our gifts just flourishing in our midst. Seeing the grace of God in one who sings so well that he helps me just focus on God even as he sings and lead me through music. That someone's so loving and caring that they are willing to spend their time Missing the service, caring for our kids outside. So that I can be able to listen to God's word. And also for our kids not to miss out, but to also be taught the ways of the Lord from their little ages there. Very small. That is what God wants for us. And when that happens, it is so beautiful. Cold as it is, and I'm like, "Ah!" and you're like, I can't wait. To go to the bag and get coffee. Because someone comes in, prepares coffee, prepared the biscuits just to serve. Because they are hospitable like that and God has gifted them in that way. That is how God wants us to function. So let us avail ourselves. If you are serving, great. Continue just doing that. But it doesn't mean that, hey... You are exempted are like, I'm done. You know, I have used one of my gifts if I have more. I like, now it's time for other people. No. Whenever there's an opportunity, jump in. Wherever you see, jump in. Because that is what God has called us to do. He did not call us to be idle. But to serve the church. We love the local church because this is where we get to use our gifts. And I want us to think a little bit, just about taking initiative. Again, I want us to use, to look at the example of the human body and how the parts work. And I think this is very, very important because it's easy to just say, I'm gonna keep quiet, I'm gonna stand there. If you don't come to me, I'm not gonna do anything. Even if I see there is something happening, even if I see there is a gap that needs to be filled, there is a void in this church. You see it. God has opened your eye to it. But you're like, I'm going to sit. I'm not going to do anything. You might know you have a gift, or you might not even know that is your gifting. Great. But God has opened your eye to something. You're like, not even going to talk about it. I'm just going to come and enjoy church and I'm just going to go home. I want us to think about that. How do you take initiative? Let's look at how the body works. Say you're walking around the street. It's a nice, good, you know, august weather. It's windy, it's all cold, and you're walking out there. And as you're walking, wind blowing, and a speck of dust goes into your eye. What happens? If that happens to you, what happens? A speck of dust is in your eye, you're walking there. Maybe it's actually big enough to even block your whole eye. What do you do? What does your body do? What you would see is that the hand does not delay to help the eye. But it immediately just moves. It is by reflex something jumps in there the hand is already there it does not need to wait and says i'm gonna be in the pocket i you set up an appointment you're gonna tell me we are in distress and then i'm gonna check if we have time i might just come maybe the speck is not poisonous so if your eyes you know maybe my glands might come in the glands might just come and give cheers and clean the, the hand does not reason like that. The spray comes into the eye, the hand by reflex goes in and tries and connect the eye. You literally would stop, legs stop moving until this is sorted. And that's how the body works. It sees an opportunity that is there to say this affects all of us. Not only does it affect all of us, but that's my duty. I have that responsibility to jump in. To help my other part. Because we are members one of another. We are dependent. There is nothing that I can do without me. The hand does not wait for the call. It goes in. And it helps out. Family, let us take the initiative to avail ourselves. I do not know what gaps you might be seeing. Some of the staff I know many times, Brother Blake will stand here and mention we have this ministry, we have that ministry during our church family meetings. But there might be even other things that you see. Some of them might not be voids, but already space that is there, knowing that, oh, you know what, there's children's ministry on the other side, but there's a very small team that is working. And you know what? They can use my help, and I'm going to go in. I mean, Brother Gannett is there with his team. Every day they're there. They're setting up their chairs. It's hot. It's cold. They're waking up every morning. I'm waking up only at quarter to ten to come to church. But they here yeah, super early. You're like, you know what? I can actually just jump in there. And I actually can help. Because that load then becomes smaller for all of us when all of us jump in to at least just do some work. Let us take that initiative. Why? Because we cannot say, I don't have any gift at all. Yes, you might know what your gift is. You might not know. But one thing we know is, there's always opportunities for us to serve the body of Christ. And we need to be looking out for those. And when we do find the gap, jump in. Jump in. Take that initiative to saying, it's going to be upon me, Not for anyone. Not for anyone. But with that humility where you understand you want to just serve the Lord. You just want to serve His church. Make suggestions. Do make suggestions if you do see gaps. And be willing to take the lead. I know sometimes we are very afraid to take the lead. If you are like me, you know, and you are afraid of people, you just want to keep quiet. You actually don't even want anyone to greet you at church. How much more now the weight of you having to go out and saying, I think we can start this and it's a good thing. But also be willing to lead. Leadership is not only for some other people. It's not for some people, like, they're they, they supposed to do that. They supposed to, I'm just going to stand here, and I'm not going to take the initiative to saying, if there is no one but I, God has opened my eye to a gap that needs to be filled, I'm willing to just start it. I might not run with it until the end, but I'm going to start it, because God has actually opened my eye to this. And I'm going to trust the Lord. And you might be amazed at how God uses that in your life. Don't just stand by the corner and think it's for others to do. Maybe it is for you. Maybe it is for you. If you think you are hospitable, come and join us in our welcome team. If your gift is a gift of mercy, take the initiative. Start a mercy ministry. Join mercy ministries. Care for the people and the hurting that are here in the church and do that. The body will only look and function better when we are all doing our part. Our roles are different by God's design, yes. And we should be content with that. And this leads us to our third and last point. The gifts that God has given us differ by God's grace. So even as we want to serve, even as we look at gifts, even as we think about gifts, we're not saying all of us must do the same thing. Because to do that will be just going against what God has actually just done. If we want everyone to be the same, I mean, we will be just being foolish when we do that. Because God's gifts that he has given us differ by his grace. In verse number six there, Paul writes, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, it pleased God in his wisdom and purpose to distribute the different gifts that he gave us in his church. Also we see there in 1 Peter 4.10, Peter agrees that when he says that believers have different gifts according to grace. So whatever that we have, the varying gifts we have, they are the way they are because of God. When we see how the church functions, as I touched on earlier, we see how the church functions. We actually see the wisdom of God. You're like, is there any man who could have thought of what God has done? God distributed the gifts according to how he saw fit. There is no one person, of all of us sitting here or anywhere in the world, that can say, I deserve the gift that I have. Or one who can say, I don't deserve the gift I have because it was all given to us as a gift according to the grace of God. That definitely should make us to be humble. That should make us see ourselves the way we should see ourselves because all we have was just given to us. And it was given by God. There is no room for boasting when you look at the gifts that we have or complaining. There is no room for boasting and there is no room for complaining about the gifts that you have or about the gifts that you do not have. And we should not let that get into us that it would actually cause us to have hearts that just are very prideful. We need to trust God's wisdom and his love for us and his church, that the gift we have are the best gifts that could be given in all the category of gifts. When you look at all the, you go to the cabinet where God stores all the gifts, if you were to imagine. If you were to go there, like open that cabinet, and God brings a whole list of gifts like that. The gifts we have in this church, the gift you have is the best gift in all of all those gifts that God could have given that God wanted for you and for this church. What you are gifted with is what this church needs. What you are gifted wi- with is what you need and not what you think you need. God knows better than me and you, by far. And so we need to trust and humbly submit ourselves to God as we consider how God has gifted us. Complaining or not serving because we think we're not gifted like others will not make us less part of the body or replace your function. I can go and I stand there like, actually I'm not going to sing. Yeah, because I don't sing like that other guy. It's fine. I'm not going to sing. But maybe, yes, you sing. You might just not have the other voice. It's great. But don't go sit and complain because you are not like the other person. Don't stand there and allow your heart to stumble because you are comparing yourself. I cannot even try because, yo, this level is, the standard is so high in this church. No, the standard is so high when it comes to this. The standard is so high. Whose standard? Do we have a standard of gifts? Gifts are given, varying so, by the grace of God. He is the giver of all gifts. And all gifts are used to him. And so, we should not worry ourselves with things like that to the point where it actually hinders us from availing ourselves and coming out and serving. If we do that and we stand by the corner and we're saying we're still part of the church, we are part of that family, just know your spot is still open because you are not serving. That body is not 100% complete. The functioning of that body is not 100% complete because you're still sitting there. You are needed to function with everyone else. Let us consider what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14 to 20. Let us read it together. He says, therefore, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot say, should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, What what that should not make it less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it less any part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But it is God. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The gifts we have are distributed by God. And like I said, he's wiser than us. So we can't trust him. To refuse our place in God's church is to reject God's design for ourselves. We all should be content with the place God has assigned for us in the church. We are not to think highly of ourselves because we have a particular gift that others don't have. Or because we don't have a certain gift that others have. We must use our gifts and not worry about the gifts others may have or the way in which they may be using them. We do not need to envy those who have greater gifts or look down on those who have lesser gifts. In fact, if you look at it, and like I already said, there is no standards, greater and less. But I know we think like that. Because we do say like that. But there is no greater gift, there is no lesser gift. All gifts are the same before God. He is the standard, he is the giver of them all. There is no competition in the church. For we all serve God according to the gifts that he has gifted us. And God is happy with how this person runs according to how he has been gifted. And that person runs according to how he is gifted. We're not in a competition because we're serving the same Lord. He's the one who has given us all the gifts. And he gave, them, he gave us our gifts to serve him the way he wanted us to serve him. First Peter 4.10 says, When we own our gifts and use them in serving one another in the church, guess what we do? We prove ourselves to be good stewards of God's grace. Good stewards of God's grace. Is this not what we should be desiring? Isn't this what we want? To saying, I want nothing else, but I want to be a good steward. What we have, what you have, even if you want to try and deny it, or want to be lazy and want to think about it, what you have has been entrusted to you. What we have as the church has been entrusted to us, and we'll have to give an account to God. So let us be faithful with what we have. We need to be depending on Him and wanting to only be pleasing to Him. Our gifts differ according to the grace given to us, and we need to use them like that, with the grace that has been given to enable us to use them. Our main concern is faithfulness. Are we faithful? Are we faithful? Now, how do we respond in closing? In Romans 12, verse 6-8, to Paul adds a list of spiritual gifts and how they are to be used. As one man says, the list is not intended to be a limiting list, but it's given there as an instructional list. It's there just for instruction. The main point is actually to discover how God has empowered us as individuals. And to use those gifts diligently with power that God gives us so that God may receive His glory. If you know your gift and you are actively serving in this church or any church where you might be part of if you're not the member of this church, as Paul writes in Colossians 3, verse 23 to 24, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from God you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. In First Peter 4.11 Peter says, Whoever serves must serve as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. This is so that God can receive the glory. It's not about us. It's not about getting glory for ourselves. It's about making God look great. Sometimes if you're like, hey, I have a gift and I'm saving. And yes, good, save. And sometimes you might not get a thank you. Or we, we might not even recognize you and see you where you are. Because maybe you're outside when we are inside and you're inside when we are outside. And we might not be able to, we might not be seeing you. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Remember it is Christ that you are saving. Fix your eyes on God and seek to make him look beautiful through your service. That should be your goal. That should be your aim. Continue just pressing on. Don't complain when you seems to be the one who is doing most of the stuff and everyone else is not doing anything. You are not saving for men. You're serving God, and your faithfulness is a response to who God is, and Him alone. What we desire what we pray is that may the Lord give you strength, give you strength to serve His church, and to multiply your joy as you continue just doing it. And that's one thing that you should just pray for yourself, that there be more joy and more joy as we're continuing to labor. Christ is worthy of our service. Christ is worthy of your service. So be encouraged. Be encouraged to continue just pressing on. Do what you're doing. Don't stop. Christ is worthy. And if you are here and you are not serving in any capacity in the church, this is an opportunity for you to consider how you can serve. Thank God for reminding you of this important topic, that it matters that you consider serving. Look for opportunities within the church Where you can serve. And ask others to help you, even as I've mentioned. There's always room for us to take initiatives. Use those opportunities. Make those suggestions. Don't just sit. Don't just come in and out. Do something about it. And if you're not saved, you might be sitting here like, yeah, sure. What do I do? I'm glad you're here, too. The one question I want to start and ask you is, if you are not a believer, you're obviously not saving in the church, at least not in this church. The question I want to ask you is, when everything would have been said and done, and your life is wrapped up, looking at where you started off, to where you are, to that point where you die, what would you say you lived for? Because in the church here, we live for God and we do what we do to serve the Lord who has saved us. We know that we created by God. We did not make ourselves. We know we account to God because he is our maker. And we knew because God was kind to us that we were sinners that were enemies of God. And we accepted the forgiveness that he has provided for us in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why God saved us. We took God at his word. He says, repent from your sin. Because I know I made you. But you are my enemy. And there is no purpose at all. That it might look like there is everything going well in life. No purpose at all. If one is not in a right relationship with God, who is the maker of all things. And the maker of you and me. So what I want to challenge you is to say, before you can even think about saving in this church, because you will not save, save in this church, if you are not a believer. Repent from your sin. Seek Christ. If you are going to do anything, run to Him. Ask Him to forgive you for your sin. Ask Him to cleanse you. Ask Him to make you one of His people. And only then, when you come in here, we would want to hear and celebrate and hear that story. What has God done in your life? How has God changed your heart? How has God saved you? And then we accept you into church fellowship and take you as one of us. And we would say, yes, you can serve here. You are part of this body. You're not a foreign part. You are part of this body because you are a member of the Church of Christ. And that is why we do what we do at Living Hope. You will not serve if we do not know if you are a believer. And that is why it's everyone who has gone through our membership process who would come to serve. Because it's only through that process that we get to understand what God has done in your life. We're just not making it that. We're just not wanting to make it difficult. It's a good thing we make it difficult just so that we do not give anyone false assurance because i'm doing everything i mean i've been in church i've been doing this i've been setting up chairs i've been doing all of this but maybe you might not have been saved we don't want that we want to make sure that when you started doing is it, because we had confirmed then we had confidence from what we had seen that god had saved you so if this is you today where has not trusted christ i'd say look at him we would love to see you come and be added to the member of, of uh, to be member of the church of christ run to him he is worthy of your service and he is worthy of all of our past service let us pray our gracious father we we are humbled we consider when we consider what you have done, we are amazed. Lord, you did not owe us anything. You did not owe any one of us any of the things that you have given us. But Lord, it is out of your kindness, out of your goodness, that everything has flown to us, oh God. And today we get to enjoy all of these things as a body of Christ that we have been made into, that we are being built up as. And we thank you, oh God, Father, that you care for your church so much and you love your church so much and that you've given us everything we need as the church and that you continuously add to your church, oh God, all, O oh Lord, Father, just the gifts that your church needs to flourish and to do what you have called your church to do. Lord, help us to not live here feeling like, you know, we might be discouraged in any way. But Lord, we want to look to you and we want to give thanks to you and we want to live here just excited for the opportunity we have to be able to serve you. Lord, Father, we pray and we ask that you would forgive us if there have been any days or times where, Lord, our attitudes have not been pleasing to you in how we might have looked at ourselves how we might have used that gifts. We ask, our oh God, that you would help us and enable us to continue just to look to Christ, even as we continue just to labor, to look to Christ, that our joy, even as we behold our Savior, will well up and well up as we continue to run faithfully towards that eternal crown reserved for each one of us. We thank you that you care so much for your church. We thank you that you love the church, and we do, because, oh, Lord God, you love us too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.